Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Scumbags! Rage! Sports Rage with Gabe Morenci. Rage all you want. Level two, quickest hundred minutes of sports talk radio. The talking heads, heads are going to explode soon from all the uh, flip-flopping and backtracking and everything else in between. But in today's day and age, people don't have any shame, right? Like sometimes you'd think, oh boy, like this person's really like, oh, after they'd said that. And it's like, no, right? Remember after they laughed at Harden before game one? And then Harden went off, and they said, oh, ha, ha, let us see him do it again. Oh, ha, you're going to get mad at me. You're going to always a miracle what he did. Ha, ha, ha. And then here it is right now. And it's comical to see them bury teams and then praise teams and then bury teams. It's a good thing that nobody really cares what they say <laughs> or actually pays attention all that much or their opinions are kind of so, like, meaningless that people don't care uh, that they contradict themselves daily all the time. Perkins, uh, Perk, I tell you, Perk, like, Perk's on a roll. I just saw him tweet. He said, uh, I wish I could go hood and tell you what I really think about the Boston Celtics and stuff. It's like, well, you could tell us without having to go hood, I guess. You could just sort of say it. But the other day, Perkins picked the Warriors and the Lakers on, like, on two different shows. Like, he was basically just sort of going back and forth all day with whatever the, whatever the, the current mood was. It's like, dude, like, you know, own it, man. Just say, all right, own it, these dudes. Like, it's sort of like the capper that throws out, like, 10 underdogs, 10, like, crazy long shots. One of them wins. Oh, I told you. It's like, hey, dude, you, you take, like, 100 of them all the time, and then, like, one of them hit. You know, broken clock is right twice a day. But I'll tell you right now, I'm not going to, like, fawn over, like, the Sixers. The Sixers are playing good basketball right now. They're playing great basketball right now. The Boston Celtics are chokers, all right? This is what they do. They lost nine games as double-digit favorites this year. You know how many times the Celtics have blown people's point spread bets because they've let the pedal off the metal? They have the momentary lapses of sanity and reason, and it catches up to them. But now suddenly, ooh, the Philadelphia 76ers are the team to beat? Come on. You really think like the Sixers are the team to beat in the NBA now? And I don't wish anything bad to happen to them, but something will happen to them. And the other thing is, Harden's playing great, but do you really expect Harden and B to be able to do this all the way through, do it again in the next series, and then do it again? And to be honest, it would almost be cruel and unusual punishment, but the Philadelphia Phillies did make it to the World Series and lose. 
the Philadelphia Eagles made it to the Super Bowl and lost. Imagine if the Philadelphia 76ers make it to the NBA Finals and lose. Now, listen, I'm not mocking them for it or their fans for it, the city for it, because obviously they've got good teams. But it's damn painful, as we talked about the other night. It's painful when you have a good team and you fall short. It's almost better to suck. They look forward to the future. Let's roll. Level two, the quickest 100 minutes in sports talk radio continues. This is Sports Rage. I am Gable Morenci. The pimps, the players, the hustlers, the people that bust them, and everybody else in between, we're kicking it. Let's do this thing. The Philadelphia 76ers are one win away from the Eastern Conference Finals. Who would have thought this? A couple of days ago, the Boston Celtics uh, were being awarded the NBA championship trophy, but here we are. Is it going to be Philadelphia and Miami, and everybody's just going to assume the Philadelphia 76ers are going to beat the Miami Heat? Nobody believes in the Miami Heat. I didn't believe in the Miami Heat, but I think the Miami Heat are going to beat the New York Knicks tomorrow. The Denver Nuggets handle their business tonight on their home court. Going back uh, to Phoenix, we talked a lot about uh, pivotal game fives. When series are tied at two in the NBA, historically, the team that wins game five and it goes up 3-2, goes on to win 82% of the time. You notice there's, like, not a lot of fight in this stuff. Like, it's like, wow, we're down 3-2, so, like, really? And the number was, like, 100 and, I don't know, it was, like, 148 and 41, 147 and 41 or something like that. That's why I think it's what I was talking about, 147 and 41. So, it's few and far between. Teams only down one game. You're only down 3-2. Right, um, but here we are right now. The pivotal and obviously the home court uh, matters. There's got to be some of these series going to be going seven games, and I wouldn't be surprised to see Philadelphia fall flat now that they go back home and the pressure is suddenly going to be on them. The pressure was on Boston tonight, and even though the pressure is going to be on Boston and they know what awaits them if they don't get it done, the pressure now suddenly shifts. It's on the Philadelphia 76ers. They're favorites to win the championship. You know what I mean? You, 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 if you don't win this game, you're going back to Boston for a game seven. Yeah, I got to tell you, we're going to think outside the box a little bit here. Honestly, because no one, everyone likes to say, well, they're going to win here and they're going to go back there and lose here and stuff. I can honestly see the Boston Celtics going to Philadelphia, winning this game on Thursday, and then losing game seven on their home court. Boston are not a good home playoff team. They're three and three in their last six playoff games on this court. Steve Merrill steps up and in. Steve Dalvecchio kicks it with us. Brent Sebleski, we got a full house. The late night anger management class. This is Sports Rage. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.
Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Tuesday continues. This is Sports Ridge. I am Gabriel Morenci. I'm from the Flyers, the Hustlers, the people of the bus, the one everybody else in between. We're kicking it. Sirius XM Channel 159 on the Sports Grid Radio Networks. It's Tuesday, so let's break it down. Steve Merrill steps up and in as the roller coaster and a wild ride in the National Basketball Association playoffs continues. Steve, always a pleasure. How are you doing tonight? Doing well, and the uh, NBA's getting some good series here. We'll see if they can extend them like they probably want. Well, you know what? It's uh, I said it's been a roller coaster if you'll recall, Steve, we talked about the ball. We spent a lot of time talking about the Boston Celtics. Talked about how you know they they've lost nine games outright as double-digit favorites, including Game One of this series. I always thought they were fraudulent favorites as far as the NBA championship was concerned. And I and I was like, do people actually watch them play, or are they just looking at the metrics of their numbers? Because they have they have a lot of flaws, right? They have these momentary lapses of of sanity defensively they go through scoring droughts within games they've got a rookie head coach as well that at times has you know made some questionable moves and questionable non-moves so far they live and they walk on such a tightrope steve i've always had a hard time believing that they can walk and live on this tightrope all the way through to a championship yeah, you actually brought up something we hadn't talked about. I was going to mention it. You stole my thought there with the uh, rookie coach, and I thought tonight that was a little bit telling on the matchups. You know, I, I don't think he's exactly matching these guys up like they should. You know, the top two for each team are really kind of a wash, but Boston, I think, has a substantial edge at the lesser positions, and that's where they got outscored 46-28 to 28 tonight from the lesser players by Philadelphia. Um, I am starting to question if maybe Mozilla's a little bit of a weakness here. And, you know, we talk about Boston losing focus, blowing double-digit leads, not only in the playoffs, but the regular season. I blame the coach somewhat for that. You know, it's his it's his purpose in the NBA. You're more of a babysitter in the NBA than anything to keep these guys focused and motivated. So you do have to wonder, is that the one big difference? I know they came up short last year as a favorite in the finals against the Warriors. I mean, Zillow was the assistant the last three years. But I am starting to wonder if that could be the X factor that keeps the Celtics from winning it all. I think, though, what's, what's strange, though, Look, they did the same thing last year, right, with Udoka as the coach. They coulda, shoulda, woulda, didn't beat Golden State. And what's baffling to me about this unit is the core group has been together, right? And Tatum has been with Brown. These guys have been, you know, connected forever. Marcus Smart has been there. So these guys have been through so many wars. It's easy to forget. I mean, these guys were in the conference finals against the Heat years ago in the bubble, and they've been knocking on the door. So... They've made it to the championship. They've made it to the conference finals. Like, it's time for them, like, to cruise through, and it's not happening. But what's amazing is when Philadelphia lost, when they went back home to Philadelphia and Philadelphia lost that game and suddenly they were down 2-1, it felt like they were down 3-0. 
Like, you know what I mean? Like, it was like, yeah, the, the Sixers don't, there's no hope in hell the Sixers are coming back in this series. And, you know, just the body language of the Sixers, the Sixers crowd had given up on everything. And as we talk right now, the Philadelphia 76ers are listed as favorites to win the championship at FanDuel, Steve, which I think is another big overreaction. The Sixers are now plus 290. Yeah, and it's just by default because they're the most likely team to advance right now. Although the Lakers obviously are in a decent situation, but they're going to have to go through either Phoenix or Denver. Uh, the reason, of course, Philly is because whoever wins this Boston Philly series has a huge, easier, much easier road between the Knicks and Heat. Um, and that's the whole logic there. Um, and that's why Philadelphia's favorite to win the whole thing, just because they have somewhat of a cakewalk now to the finals being up, you know, in the series overall against Boston. Are the Heat a cakewalk? Because I'm going to assume it's going to be the Heat. I think the Heat actually going to sweep. We'll get to not sweep, but uh, finish it off uh, tomorrow. Um, are though, like, you know what I mean? Like Miami at some point need to be taken seriously. I, uh, I mean, I know New York aren't great, but they did handle Milwaukee right now. And I don't know how they're doing it, but I don't, I totally get the logic though, Steve. I, I totally do. And it looks like basically, yeah, whoever wins, I said the same thing before the series started. Whoever wins this series looks like they're going to the finals, but at some point, I guess I got to take start taking Miami seriously. And um, I do think Miami are going to finish New York off tomorrow, actually. Yeah, Miami looks like they're going to win that series. Um, it's just mathematical that, you know, Philly will be a good size favorite against the Heat still. I mean, what do you think, Gabe? Probably more than two and a half to one, maybe in that series. Yeah, yeah. I just, my, my, when you just asked my gut, I, I thought 240 type thing. Yeah, yeah that's right exactly my mind. Yeah. I was like, that two to three range, three will probably be too hefty, two will be too light. So, yeah, like two and a half to one. Um, and let's keep in mind, you know, Embiid being injured and stuff and Philly being a 10-point dog in game one and winning outright, it's like, you know, you feel like they're a huge underdog in this series. Philadelphia would have been the one seed in the West. They had the third best record of the NBA, just one spot behind the Celtics who had the second best record. So, you know, it's not like Philly's some weak, you know, weak little sister here in this series, but it, it has felt that way just because they are such a big dog in game one. And like you said, they got blown out then by 34 in that other game. It's a good point. And I brought it up. I actually liked Philadelphia in game one of the series. And I said, you know, they're not like these other teams, Steve, where the star is out or a bunch of dudes are out, you know, like the Clippers were in really tough. You know what I'm saying? Like they didn't have anybody that they, they had Westbrook who just got there and they had Norm Powell. <laughs> like it was really like, okay, guys, you know, we need our bench players to step up and play like better than you guys possibly can. Philadelphia, as you stated, like, yeah, they didn't have Embiid for the first game, but if you look at their roster, Steve, I mean, James Harden's like a, you know, 10 time all-star or whatever, bro. The guy's led the league in scoring. He's led the league in assists. He's a superstar. Um, uh, Maxi is a great young player. Like, the guy's a freaking stud, uh, Maxi. He'd be like a star if he was on, like, Sacramento or, like, a younger team where he got all the shots. He'd be a younger star than he is. Um, Tobias Harris, Steve, the guy makes, like, the max salary. You know what I mean? He's making a ton of money, uh, Tobias Harris. So it's not like the Sixers are a bunch of scrubs. They do have guys that can play basketball on that team. Yeah, you know, they got the MVP of the league, and like you said, not only he, did he lead the league in scoring, but Harden, as you said, laid the leg in assists. So you got the two guys that led in two of the three biggest statistical categories this year on the same team, and Embiid looks healthy now. You know, we talked about it Friday. We liked the over one and a half blocks. He had four in game on win on Friday night. Tonight he had a great game again with the 33 points in 37 minutes, uh, four blocks again this evening. Um, and Harden is playing within his role. You know, he had 10 assists, 17 points. And um, he only took two threes. That's what's impressive, Gabe. You know, if you thought Philly was going to pull the upset, lead by 21, never travel more than three tonight, you would not have thought Harden would only make one three-pointer and only take two of them. That's probably a bad sign for Boston going forward. 
Steve Merrill uh, kicking with us. So, Steve, they play Thursday night, and uh, the number, Boston Celtics, one-point road favorites. Do you think Philadelphia are going to be able to finish this off back at home? And we've seen, um, you know, listen, home court has been a problem for Boston. It was the same thing in the finals last year, actually. And here they are. I think they're 3-3 three and three now at home in their six games, which is strange. And we're seeing it in the National Hockey League a lot, Steve, in which home ice is actually a detriment. Like, road teams are killing it in the NHL playoffs in big-time games, too, where the home the, you know, the home team's just flat. You know, now, I, I thought all the pressure was on Boston tonight. I guess you can argue it kind of still is, but not really. I mean, if we're being realistic about this, hey, suddenly the Philadelphia 76ers are favorites to win the NBA championship the pressure's on Philly going back home because they don't want to go back to Boston for seven. So I think the pressure's actually on the Sixers now suddenly. Yeah, we're getting a discount on Boston. What were they, minus two and a half the last couple road games, right? So, you know, this is a discounted price now. Um, so I do yeah, they think they just got to win value. the game. They just yeah, got to win I, the game now. Yeah, and the thing is, the question becomes, though, I mean, has this just been a wrong price series? Because like we said earlier, you know, Philly is the third best team in the NBA this year, right behind the Celtics in the East. So, you know, it is kind of strange to see them as a home dog. But... Uh, you know, this line is a basket and almost a basket shorter uh, than the other two games. And, yeah, home ice in the NHL is definitely uh, weaker in the playoffs in the NBA. It's always been that way. In fact, game sevens in the NBA, the home teams are still about 78 percent straight up. So you're right. Philly does not want to have to go back to Boston, uh, whereas game seven in the NHL series is only about 58 percent. Just shows how little home ice is worth. Yeah, I think, though, I don't think home court or home ice matter until game seven <laughs> like until that's when you want it actually but we've seen listen we've seen it in football we've seen it in all sports for the most part actually i think that i've talked about this a lot i think college steve is the last beacon of home field home court etc i mean I, no one can argue that home court doesn't matter in college basketball or home field doesn't matter in college football but the nfl it doesn't and baseball i'll tell you what the most profitable bet in baseball so far this year has actually been betting on the away favorites and we'll touch on that in a couple of minutes on the other side the late night anger management class this is sports rage i am gable moran c zero six channel 159 bring it sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com across america bp supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing jobs like building grid scale solar energy in ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. (laughs) 
the late night anger management class continues. This is Sports Ranch. I am Gable Baranci, Series 6 M Channel 159 on the Sports Grid Radio Networks. Shout out to our AM radio affiliates. We'll get to the Major League Baseball diamond. Take a look at Wednesday's action. Get to some of the current trends of the season. But the Miami Heat and the New York Knicks are playing on Wednesday. The New York Knicks are three and a half point favorites. And this is an instance in which, like, okay, really? Why? And we can talk about them being a desperate team and all of this, but this is a basketball team that's completely falling apart. They can't shoot. They don't really have, like, a star player that's going to be able to say, all right, get on my back. I'm going to carry you to this. I'm going to drop 40 on them. I'm going to do this. Brunson's good, but he's not really that guy. You know, Randall's calling his teammates out, despite the fact that Randall sucks, and he's been terrible in the series. And the Miami Heat, all they do is win, and – Spolstra, you could argue, is the best coach, you know, in in the league, but you know, the best coach in, in the playoffs right now. And Miami do know how to win games, Steve. They've been to the finals before. Jimmy Butler's won big games. Bam Adebayo's been on the court uh, for big wins uh, before. I personally think this is a gift with the Heat getting three and a half. I think the Knicks are done. And you know, we talk about home court not mattering and stuff, and in some instances it can backfire, Steve. And I think in New York is a case of this. I don't think the Knicks fans, if things start going bad tomorrow, are going to be like, oh, what a great season. You beat the Cavaliers in the first round. I think they're going to start going, I can't believe we owe Julius Randle all this money. I can't believe we pay Brunson all this money and we suck. Things could get ugly at the Garden tomorrow. There's no way in hell I'd be laying three and a half points with this Nick team. Yeah, so when the playoffs began, you know, Randall was a real question mark for me because he was bad in that Atlanta series a couple years ago, if you remember, uh, when Trey Young had a good series. Um, Brunson was my guy. I really like Brunson. I think he's one of the more underrated players in the league. So if they're going to do something here on Wednesday night, um, it's going to have to be Brunson. I don't trust Randall at all, like you said. Um, you know, it was interesting. Everyone thought, you know, New York got the blowout loss. Maybe it would shoot better and bounce back. And they were terrible in game three, obviously, shooting 34%, 28 for 40, 20% from three. But what I pointed out on the NBA show on Wager Talk on Monday is that the bad news, if you're a New York fan or backer, is that they lost by 19 and Miami only shot 39% and 22% from three, and they still won by 19. So two ways to look at it. Both teams shot a lot better in game four on Monday, and it barely got over the total, 210. It closed 209 and a half at some spots. And keep in mind, game one went from 207 to 210 and landed 209. So it's been hovering around the total here recently. Um, I'd probably lean over again if I had to play the total on this one. And I agree. It, it, you know, you're taking the better team in Miami getting points. Um it should be a bounce back spot for for New York, but like you said, really hard to trust them right now. I'm more of an over better in the NBA playoffs. You know, I'll, I'll bet over, I you know, or I'll pass for the most part. But I have a hard time. I just don't trust the Knicks offensively. But the Heat have been a good over team, Steve. You and I have talked about it. They've been cashing overs in the playoffs, right? I mean, they're five been... and zero over against Milwaukee. Yeah, yeah. Um, the Knicks, I believe, were five and zero, five and zero under, correct, against Cleveland. I think it was five and zero each way in each of those series, first round series. But now these games have been going over, but just barely. Right? Barely. Well, that's what's funny is you had a five five overs against five unders. You're like, well, something's got to give. And um, yeah, like two of the overs have been by like half a basket. Actually, it's depending on when you played it. It could be an over or under depending on when you played the game. So what do you think now? Everybody obviously is expecting the Warriors in a, in in a route because it's seven, the classic bounce back with Golden State. Yet we've seen teams fail in this spot. I get the feeling the Warriors are a little bit different than other teams, but I don't know if they're tired, Steve. I think fatigue is is coming into play. Curry's carrying this team on his back, but, you know, he can score 31 and do all this, and he's great passes, but he was also 3 of 14 from 3. Um, Clay Thompson struggled both games in Los Angeles. 
I don't know if it's the end of an era. I think that might be a little bit overdramatic that, you know, they're not going to be breaking this team up or anything like that. But without being stated, we're getting, you know, we're getting there. And this, this, you know, this could be an eye opening experience for them. If they end up losing this in five, I don't see them losing this basketball game on their home court though. I think they're going to win the game. I don't know about laying seven points though. What's your take on this one? Yeah, mine's be kind of the Phoenix Denver game, you know, tonight. It's like it opened four, closed as high as seven, six and a half, seven to different spots. And uh, this, you know, this one opened five and a half. Like you said, Golden State's already up to seven. We're not even near tip off yet. Um, I will say one thing though, if you pick the straight up winner in the playoffs this year, I can only think of maybe one or two games. I know Golden I know Denver covered, but then they won against Minnesota early but failed to cover like game point, two. Yeah. But I mean, basically, if you pick the straight up winner, like look at tonight again, the Sixers went outright as a seven and a half point dog. They went outright as a 10 point dog in game one. Hasn't been um, too many buzzer beaters, Steve. You're right. No, they really hasn't. I mean, the point spread really has not mattered in most games. I think that's why we've seen an inflated price. You know, that's my initial really, reaction yeah, was yeah. a good bounce back spot for Golden State. But yeah, this is pricey. I know it's, it's sort of been that. Well, if they're going to win, they're going to cover the four and a half. Right. And they were. And now the odds makers are sort of saying, well, people are laying the four and a half. So let's start making them six and a half and sevens. Right. Yeah, it looks that way. I mean, it really looks like they're pricing an extra basket in now because people are willing to lay it. Um, and I think it's going to get to a point where we're going to start seeing some teams lose but cover. And you got to wonder if maybe the Lakers might do that tomorrow. Yeah, a lot of people laid it with the Boston Celtics tonight. <laughs> Look where they right. caught them. <laughs> they, well, I mean, I'm sure, Gabe, I'm sure a lot of people had them on the money line, you know, thinking, yeah, I, oh, I don't want to lay the inflated price, but I'll take I the did. money line or money Full line parlays. I'm an idiot, Steve. Yes, I did. Uh, I did have the over, though. I smashed the over that game, and we did get it. A little bit of a sweat job, but same thing. It did end up getting there. So let me ask you, we had a couple of minutes left with Steve Merrill, wagertalk.com, prosportsinfo.com. You know, Steve, I covered uh, I covered Major League Baseball. Like, I was in the clubhouse and, you know, at, at the stadium every day and stuff. And I was betting, for the record. So I was like Pete Rose and um, in those days. But one thing I caught on was the Sunday games, okay? Sunday games were kind of whack. You know, the afternoon Sunday games, the getaway day, you know, starter gets the rest day. Guys went out on Saturday night day. Also, it's different. Their routine is completely different because no one wants to get there, Steve, at like 8 in the morning or anything like that, take batting practice or go through their routine. They don't do it. Like, they they really do sort of show up like like league mandated. They got to be there basically like three, three and a half hours before. So if the game's at 1, they'll roll in at 1030, and, you know, they might take a couple of hacks in the tunnel. But it, it was always striking to me, and I always sort of noticed you get wild results and underdogs were live on Sundays. But now suddenly, Wednesdays become the new getaway day, right? And Wednesday afternoon is always loaded with these afternoon games. And then Thursday, the card is kind of light. I don't like the way that they've done this schedule. I understand it for travel purposes for the teams. But I'm never a fan of these getaway day, day games, uh, Steve. I find them to be tricky. I don't disagree. I think you're onto something. And I've definitely noticed over the decades that you and I have been doing this, that the Sunday afternoon games is when a team will be terrible for, you know, Friday and Saturday. And what's weird, Gabe, it's not that they just go into a slump. Sometimes they break out and put up a ton of runs, too. You know, it goes both ways. Like the the pitching is sometimes not good for certain teams. But, yeah, you're right. Wednesday and somewhat Thursdays now become a lot of these daytime games. And I do think it's the one time in baseball you can do some situational handicapping. And obviously – the real obvious spot for several years now has been on Mondays playing against the Sunday night team. And I thought it was a terrible spot for your Dodgers this past Monday, right? Going to Milwaukee, the way they came from behind to win that San Diego game Sunday night. And not only did the Dodgers lose, but they only put up three runs. So we've often seen teams off that Sunday night game struggle as well. So there's a lot of different ways to use Sunday to your advantage when handicapping baseball. 
You know, we talked about the Dodgers on the TV show tonight, Steve, that uh, they stayed. There's a haunted hotel in Milwaukee, the Fister Hotel. And I don't know why people, if they know it's haunted, why they stay there. (laughs) But So I I guess it's the most luxurious hotel in the city. So every president since McKinley has stayed there. Uh, Major rock bands stay there and a lot of sports teams stay there. So the L.A. Dodgers are staying there. Mookie Betts refused to. Good. Like he stayed there before and he goes, no, like I'm not staying in that haunted hotel. I'm going to rent my own place. So he rented his own place. And I said before the show tonight, I said, watch, he's going to lead off the game with a home run because he's not haunted. He let off the game with a yeah, home run. Yeah, I saw that. It's <laughs> <laughs> crazy. I like Mookie. He's one of my favorite players. So that's fantastic. I didn't know that story. Yeah, yeah. So he's not playing around. And you know what? It was good. It was a trifecta, Steve. I said he's going to hit a home run, but I also said take the uh, total bases over one and a half. I'm a big fan of the total base prop. Um, one and a half total bases. Because well, especially if, a guy like Mookie, because he can hit for doubles. He can hit homers. He, that's yeah, all but you pretty need. much. Yeah, like all the stars, though, Steve, are one and a half. Like, it's never two and a half. Like, you know, the no-name guys are like 0.5 and stuff, but like the star guys are one and a half. Now, I, I should note uh, for you so we don't get into it again. Yeah, so the <laughs> juice know, is probably better. Yeah, yeah, you're like Otani or like Trout will be one and a half, but like minus 148 or something. You know what I mean? So it's one and a half. Yeah, it's not always one and a half minus 110 blindly, obviously. But Mookie Betts was tonight. It actually was minus 110. Well, and remind the listeners too, Gabe, that uh, walks do not count in that. That's something a lot of new betters probably don't realize. No, which is annoying. It is. I think it should count. Right, and that's the one thing that's always bothered me about that because when they hear one and a half, they're thinking, well, if he gets a walk, then he just needs a single. But yeah, you got to get a you got to get a couple bases on a hit, which you know basically you need an extra base hit to get. You there. want a frustrating one, Steve, for hockey betters. If you bet shots on goal, if the puck hits the goal post or the crossbar, it's not a shot on goal. Yeah, you know now that which you to say me that, is I realize, the definition. Yeah, because it's got to saves shot have to goal. match shots. Shots and goals have saves and goals have to equal shots, right? Yeah, I don't know, but it actually hit the net. So it seems to me that it was a shot on goal. <laughs> yeah, but isn't that right, though, Gabe? That like, shots and goals. Yeah, no, yeah, it's a good no, point. Sorry, You're right. and the, goals the shots and saves shot. poorly. You're right. 20, if there's three goals and there's 20 shots, 17 saves, et cetera. Unless there's an empty netter. But yeah, you, know, you are right about that. But trust me, not everybody knows it and gets really angry about it. Wait, does it, an empty netter doesn't count as a shot on goal? That does, yeah. But I'm saying if it hits the goal post, so you, you know what I mean? Think off the crossbar. Well, that's where soccer gets confusing because soccer, it's very arbitrary, right, on what a shot is. Well, soccer, they have the prop shots on goal and shots attempted. <laughs> but anyways, we're getting complicated here. Okay, so listen, speaking of the Dodgers, we'll get you out of here. We've only got about 30 seconds here. Uh, Dodgers bat showed up uh, tonight. You got Kershaw Hill. Kershaw's been great, Steve. He's given up, um, he's given up uh, two runs or less in all but two of his starts uh, this year. He goes up against Wade Miley tomorrow. What's your take? What do you think? Is there a baseball game that catches your eye Wednesday afternoon before we get you out of here? Well, you know, I did think the Brewers, I mean, the Dodgers would do better tonight. Like I said, I kind of put an asterisk next to Monday. It was a terrible scheduling spot. Haunted hotel aside, having to travel out there, you know, off the San Diego win. Um, But Milwaukee's offense has started to heat up a little bit. So I wouldn't be surprised to see both teams hit the ball well in this game on Wednesday. The total is eight uh, right now. Steve, always a pleasure. Thanks for the time. Thanks, Gabe. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. 
jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio, and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The Late Night Anger Max Class continues. This is Sports Rage. I am Gable Morenci. Let's do this thing. Larry Brown Sports Style. Steve Del Vecchio, assistant editor at LarryBrownSports.com, steps up and in to join us. There's a lot of stuff to unpack. Steve, it's always a pleasure, my man. Thanks a lot for taking the time to be with us. Yeah, anytime. Thank you. So we've got all this great NBA and NHL playoff action going on, and you guys in Boston are riding the roller coaster in which one night it looks like you're NBA champions and another night you look like the Washington Wizards. But I want to start off with international say something stupid week. And I've been guilty of saying stupid things. I've had bad takes in 21 years on the radio, but I'm blown away by some of the things that I've heard over the last couple of days. We start off in Oakland with the Oakland Athletics broadcaster, Glenn Kuyper, um, just absolutely you know, just one of the worst all-time gaffes in the history of broadcasting. And then Bob Huggins raises it up a notch in which, you know, it sounded like Bob didn't realize they were live on the radio, which he knew that they were. And, you know, both 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 instances are really almost like jaw-dropping, aren't they, Steve? It's not like, wow, they, they slipped up. They're jaw-dropping instances, these things. Yeah, I mean, the, the I think that the Huggins one was a little bit more shocking for me, only because, you know, whether you want to call the Kuiper thing like a Freudian slip or – you know, you could say that he's got those thoughts in there somewhere and it came out like that. Whatever it may be, he can at least make the argument that he, like, misspoke and just kind of flubbed his words. Whether you believe it or not is one thing, but he at least has that argument to make. Whereas Huggins, like you said, it's almost like he, he just totally forgot that he's live on the air and thought he was just talking to his buddies or something. Or he, like, is so old school that he doesn't even realize that that's a word that you can't say anymore. Um, which I think either way that gets him in, you know, a lot of trouble. I think, you know, I thought is, the fact that he added Catholic to it made it worse. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like if yeah, it was just like, like, like I don't want to be flipping about it, but yeah, if he just sort of, yeah. it was like, whoa, 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 you can't say that, bro. Right. But yeah, the right. fact that he said it twice and thought it was so funny as well, that's, that's like, ah, well, and listen, we're in an era now and I don't want to be the judge. Right. Like, you know, I tweeted it out. I just tweeted out after the Oakland stuff happened. I had people attacking me right away. Oh, Marenzi, what, you want him fired? You're all woke? You want the guy fired? No, I just retweeted what, what happened. And I said, oh, my God, I can't believe this just happened. Yet, right now, everybody gets accused of being woke all the time. But these are institutions and brands and businesses. People need to realize that. And it's not about being woke. It's not like AOC's calling for any of these people to be fired. These are like... I'm assuming pretty, you know, right-wing Republican businessmen right. type of guys that are like, oh, my God, we can't have this. But this is the era we're in now, Steve, in which 
People will say something incredibly offensive or stupid, and then people will rush to defend it no matter what. Right. And then with the like with the Huggins thing, to me, it's this is kind of the era we're in, yes. But like that, what he said, you're not going to get away with that five and ten years ago either. I mean, I know that the current climate we're in is cancel culture and all this stuff, and you can't get away with anything if you have a little slip. But like his was so so blatant that I, I, I just I don't know what he was thinking. I, I don't even think, you know, I think if you go back to 2010 and say something like that, I don't even think you're going to get away with it. Um, so that, I mean, yeah, obviously it gets magnified more. But, yeah, that was just crazy. I mean, I think, you know, that type of mentality is why you've seen some of these you know, older coaches kind of, you know, step aside maybe earlier than you thought they would. It's between, you know, recruiting and, and, you know, young kids not having, you know, the coaches don't feel like they have the control over them anymore. And then this stuff where you're under a microscope and again, not defending it, but I think this is why some of these coaches have called it an early exit in college basketball. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's like I said, the only difference for me, I think both were shocking. The first, I mean, you could kind of make the argument that maybe he slipped just because of the word that he was supposed to say versus the word that came out. Whereas the Huggins thing is just kind of like, I mean, come on, man, you, you got to know better than that at this point. Yeah. My gut, Steve Delvecchio with us. My gut tells me the same thing actually, where the Oakland guy, you sort of have to go with your initial reaction list and he's been around a long time. He's been there 17 years. There's never been any malice or, or anything. We saw the head of the Negro, um, you, you know, Hall of Fame in the museum stay. He was genuinely excited to be here. Um, I thought a suspension. My that was my first take. I was like, yeah. listen, listen, like you've been around so long, people love you. We're not gonna fire you, but you need to go away for a month or something. Like, you know what I mean? Like it was that's what Bob Huggins, right. he needs to go away. Yeah, he can't he like can't that's come, that's he can't just you can't come back from this. Like right, because he can't say he misspoke or that he just doesn't with how he said it twice and like you said mixing in the catholic part too it's just like he's i don't see how he could ever he took down a religion and a sexual right. orientation exactly. it's, it's almost it's like it's like a master class in like trying to get fired at that point I that's guess. a great yeah, I point I don't, yeah that's I don't a great understand. point and don't forget he got ran out of cincinnati as well because there was sort of just a lot of lot of things that were starting to add up uh and it's the world that we're in right now so steve del vecchio with us so steve uh, NBA playoffs have been lit. I mean, are you surprised to see the Lakers up 3-1 like this on the Warriors? Yeah, I am. I mean, you, you can't be too surprised only because they've they've gotten healthy at the right time, which is rare for them. They rarely ever have a healthy Anthony Davis and LeBron and, you know, everybody playing. But, yeah, I mean, last night, you know, you get 15 points from a guy who comes off the bench, Lonnie Walker. It's like things are just kind of going the right way for them, whereas I think, you know, as fans and whatever else, people, you know, watching the team, covering the team, you kind of got – you know, stuck in that in that rut of like the Lakers are just mediocre to below average. LeBron's past his prime. Anthony Davis will never be on the floor. Russell Westbrook stinks. They that was a bad trade. They make this bad trade, that bad trade, and it's just like we kind of got into that you know low hanging fruit for so long of being able to rag on them. That yeah, I'm surprised that that they're you know up three to one and and up three to one against you know the defending champions who many people I thought would you know come into the playoffs and do the same thing they did last year where they show their experience and just kind of mow everyone down. Um, so yeah, I mean it's it's a it's a good reminder that you know some of the health issues they had were temporary. Um, and if they could get healthy at the right times, if Anthony Davis could play a healthy stretch, which is something he hasn't done in years. Um, but, you know, all that really matters is, is, is how healthy you are in the playoffs. And I think that they're, you know, healthy now. Uh, they're playing hard. Davis, you know, 
put on a defensive masterclass last night late in that game. Um, so I think, yeah, I just think you're seeing a lot of energy and juice from them, and, and they're in that kind of perfect you know, sports situation that, you know, everybody dreams of where, where the old guys, everybody's counting us out. Nobody thinks we can still do it. They've got endless, you know, endless bulletin board material on their side. So between that, their health experience, star power. Um, yeah. I'm surprised that, that, that all these things are aligned, but given, you know, who they are and, and who their star players are, it's hard to be too shocked. The Yankees and the Red Sox rivalry was, was obviously super intense and it was great. It had a great run for a couple of years, yet at the same point in time, Steve, it was kind of regional, right? It's New York, it's mm-hmm. Boston, and after a while, it sort of got old, and it felt force-fed, and who would have thought now, well, you know, the Yankees don't suck, but the Yankees would be a last-place team, and this division's all turned upside down, but where I'm going with this is the Lakers and the Celtics, one of the best rivalries in sports, Yeah, right? I mean, yep. that's, that's you know, growing up, that was it. You know, watching the Lakers and the Celtics, it was just sort of, man, when, when are the Lakers and Celtics playing? again in the finals um, when we were younger. They're both stuck on 17. I don't think coming into the postseason that a lot of people were thinking, you know what, we might get a Lakers and a Boston Celtics finals. Yet here we are right now. The possibility is actually there. And who would have thought actually that it would be the Boston Celtics that seems shakier to get to the finals almost right now uh, than the than the Lakers, but what's your take? What are Celtics fans' take on the Celtics in which one night it looks like they're unbeatable, right? It's like, wow, okay, now this is why they look like the NBA favorites. This is what everybody, when they talk about, they're the team to beat. This is that team. Yet there's other nights, like I said earlier, they look like a middle-of-the-road Eastern Conference team. They've lost nine games as double-digit favorites this year. It really is the quote, I guess, the cliche. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. You really don't know what you're going to get from the Celtics on any given game. Yeah, and I think that's the double-edged sword of having such a deep team. I mean, they they, they have so many players who, you know, think that they're that guy in the big situations, whether it's Tatum or Jalen Brown or Marcus Smart. And I mean, a lot of these good teams, it's not, you know, with the Lakers, who's taking the last shot? It's LeBron. He might kick it out if there's a guy wide open or whatever, but you know, he's going to be the one with the ball. Steph Curry with the Warriors. I mean, Giannis, like all all the great teams all have one player who, you know, you know, Jimmy Butler, who's going to have the ball in their hands uh, for the last play. And, you know, the Celtics are so deep sometimes that I think that they don't know who that player is going to be. I think that that's created some problems for, for, you know, Joe Missoula with his rotations. I think that he's definitely experiencing rookie growing pains with, with the coaching stuff. You hear so often about how coaching doesn't mean much in the NBA. It's a star driven league, which is completely true, but you know, you've seen in some of these recent games, how there are situations where coaching and leadership is needed and, and they've kind of dropped the ball there. I think, you know, they're they're trying to rotate too many guys, probably trying to keep too many guys healthy between, you know, Brogdon, who was kind of the best player on the floor for them two nights ago, and, and Marcus Smart and Derek White. And they've almost got too many cooks in the kitchen at times. And I think that that takes a really, you know, experienced coach to be able to navigate something like that. And, and it's something that Missoula is struggling with, I think, you know, at the end of last game. He probably should have called a timeout in regulation when they were tied. He probably, he definitely should have called a timeout at the end of overtime. And, you know, everybody's saying it. So it's kind of like a point that's been beaten to death, but it's true. That's, that's been the way that he's kind of operated all year is I'm going to let my guys ride it out, ride it out, not call a timeout, which is fine. Players might, you know, that might enjoy that confidence or whatever. They might operate better under those circumstances. Um, but yeah, there's no excuse for not getting a shot off when you've got 
16, 18 seconds, whatever it was. Um, so, yeah, they've had bad stretches. I think they kind of get lost. I think they play too much ISO ball, and I think they have too many guys who, who want to be that guy. And, and if it's a guy the other night like Tatum who wants to be the guy of the night, which he should be, he's one of the best players in the NBA, but then he you know, starts out 0 for 8 or whatever he started out, they start to have problems, and, and you start to see them crying at the refs and, and all this stuff. So I, I think – you know, leadership, it sounds cliche, but I think that's a huge problem for them right now. And, and I think that with all the star power they have, uh, they're probably dealing with a coach who, who's kind of having, having trouble navigating that. Steve, we'll get you out of here. I want to ask you about Tom Brady. There's been some reports that Tom Brady might be getting cold feet about the uh, Fox television analyst uh, deal. Are you Are you hearing the same things? And He's getting a lot of money for a little work. And I'm not saying mm-hmm. that there's not any work that goes into this, but why would he not want to do this? Yeah, I mean, I guess why would he not want to is is depends on how much you subscribe to was he still at the top of his game and was he still, you know, he was still able to play at a high level. So did he walk away from football only because he wants to spend more time with his family and, and this and that, and that's a genuine thing for him. It's of course being an announcer isn't quite as much work as being a player. He'd have more free time, but at the same time, for the entire NFL calendar, he he's still going to be traveling around the country. And you know, it's Tom Brady. He can't do anything fifty percent, so he knows he's going to be a hundred percent invested in it. And and I think that he probably knows that it's going to take up a ton of his time. That being said, he hasn't said anything that indicates that he's going to back out on a deal. He even called it fake news the other day in an Instagram comment. Um, but yeah, I think some people are just wondering if if when push comes to shove, if he He's going to want to, you know, kind of go back to that traveling lifestyle that that he walked away from. I think it would be I think it would be different if he, you know, was kind of forced out of the game because he wasn't playing well enough or he or he had some bad seasons or something. But that wasn't the case with him. So, you know, if you're playing devil's advocate and wondering why he would leave 375 million on the table, that would probably be the the thing you'd point to is that you know he 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 retired because he wants more free time, more family time. His kids are getting older. Blah blah blah. Is he going to have that much free time if he, you know, becomes the next Tony Romo? I don't know. But, yeah, at the same time, it's Tom Brady. I mean, I don't think he needs the money, but how much, you know, that $37.5 million a year over 10 years is more than he ever made as a player. So I would think, me personally, I would think it would be hard for him to at least not try it for a season or two, even if he, you know, doesn't make it through the length of that contract. I don't see how he can't give it a shot. Even rich people have bills to pay. Steve Del Vecchio, LarryBrownSports.com. Great website. Check it out. Always a pleasure, Steve. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. 
Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Work. This is Sports Rage. I am Gable Moransi. The quickest 108 minutes of sports talk radio continues. Level two. We're into the uh, two-minute uh, warning. We got Brent Sebleski going to be joining us on the Bleacher Report at Level Three. We'll talk some NFL football, the NFL schedule release rapidly approaching. What I'm looking forward to is we're going to have point spreads. So, you know, we're going to have all right. This is the schedule. This is week one. This is week two. These are the point spreads. And we have something uh, something we can use, right? We can also start to get into the win totals. Anybody that listens to the show knows I'm quick out of the gate with every damn win total, with every league. But the National Fo- – like, what other league would you want to start betting win totals when you didn't even know the schedule? Like, we know who they're playing. I get it. But there's – there's a lot that there's a lot of quirks about a schedule. Are you facing teams off a of bye week? What's your travel schedule like? How many miles are you going to be flying in a row? Are you going back to back here? Like, you know, there's a lot to see and analyze. But I'm looking forward to this. We're going to be breaking it down on a Thursday night throwdown. The Denver Nuggets get it done tonight. I have a parlay that's alive: the Denver Nuggets and the Golden State Warriors. Obviously, the Warriors going to have to be a lot better tomorrow night. The Lakers, right now, listen, the Lakers look like the better basketball team. The Lakers are the deeper basketball team. It sounds crazy to say, but they are. They're the deeper basketball team. We have to give credit to the Lakers for the run that they've been on, beating Memphis, and uh, now being up 3-1 on Golden State. But it also took 15 points from Lonnie freaking Walker in the fourth quarter to win this game uh, last night. You got to believe that Golden State have another, at least one more bullet left, and then they're going to go back to Los Angeles. So I do think the Golden State Warriors are going to win this game. The term must win gets tossed around a lot this time of the year, and I'm guilty of it. This is an absolutely positively have to win the game. And I'll tell you what, the Edmonton Oilers won't be eliminated if they lose the game tomorrow night, but they might as well be. Let's, uh, let's uh, investigate an Oiler Warrior Moneyline Parlay on the other side. The late night anger management class. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.